Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Hanging in there. How is uh, New York real estate these days? Uh, having its challenges, for sure. You busy? Uh, I wouldn't say it's busy. I would say that uh, I would say that there's um, a lot of concern about the direction, just given yeah. everything that's going on. That's so right. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of guys in New Jersey. Yeah, I have guys from uh, from um, Meridian Financing. So they're the same. It's like they can't refi in New York. No one wants to land in New York anything. They're just focusing New Jersey, Texas, you know, the red states or Philadelphia, something like that. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's rough right now. But listen, change always creates opportunities, you know, so you just got to be patient. Yeah, let's hope. Very nice. Good to speak to you, man. I'm glad Likewise. to see you. Right. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, before I start, uh, get, on Sunday I have an, an appointment with the eye doctor, so I will not be able to be giving the share on Sunday. Um, I, I think we're going to need to 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 move the shear up till nine o'clock in the morning if that meets with everybody's uh, you know acceptance because uh, as I said it's a summer schedule and I I think it'll be easier for me if uh, we do it at nine o'clock your time four o'clock my time so you let me know and Mirtashem will. Uh, we will try to go through, you know, the summer with, you know, giving you a little vacation time too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let me know. Okay. Uh, I'd like to do a little bit on the parsha, and then uh, if we have time, a little bit on the paleo also. Okay. Um, this week's parsha in Chutzlaritz, I think next week you catch up already. But this week's parsha in Chutzlaretz is Parsha's Korach. Um, if if we look in Pirkei Avos, Pirkei Avos brings down in Parikei, it says, when it discusses a machlokas l'shem shamayim and a machlokas shelo l'shem shamayim, it epitomizes the machlokas l'shem shamayim as the machlokas Hillel and Shamay. And the machlokas shalom l'shem shemayim is the machlokas korach v'adoso, is korach with his group. So one of the famous questions that's asked is, if you look at when it describes the mission is telling us about a machlokas l'shem shemayim, it says shamay and hillel. So we would expect on the uh, when he's want to describe a machlokas shalom l'shem shemayim, it would be korach. And Moshe, but that's not the case because the Mishnah Chazal are trying to teach us a very important deep lesson over here. That Moshe is not involved in the Machlokas. It's, it's, there's no Machlokas over between Korach and Moshe. Moshe is not involved. Hillel and Shammai, those two, they're looking to, they're looking to find the truth and they're, they're, they're discussing it. There's no discussion over here. The Machlokas truly is between Korach and his group because uh, the uh, 
uh, I forgot the expression over here. You know, even if two people are enemy, but they have a third enemy who's, you know, more important and they get together, all of a sudden they become, you know, friends as I, I think they say politics as strange bedfellows brings people together that really have nothing in common with each other, but they just want to uh, work together for a particular issue. So, so Tovia Korach and his group, they were really not united. They had different agendas. Everybody had their own agenda, but uh, they got together in order to challenge Moshe. So that, that's one point uh, we want to understand over here. Uh, another one, which, uh, which we see over here, seems to be somewhat atypical. Um, the Chumash describes Moshe as the most humble person that ever lived. Moshe is the honor of Mikol Adam. And we see something over here which seems to be so atypical of Moshe. With Korach, Moshe Rabbeinu uh, seems to be extremely perturbed. And he says that Hashem should not accept a korban from Korach. And he says that uh, he says that Korach has to die in a way which is totally unexpected, etc. Moshe Rabbeinu is, is acting seemingly very different than one would have thought Moshe would, would act. But the idea we have to understand that, which is also very important for us to appreciate, is that Korach wasn't merely challenging Moshe. Korach was challenging what we call Torah's Moshe. If we, if we look in the, in the Medrashim and they talk about what Korach, it says, Vayikach Korach, Korach took. What, what did he take? So a number of the Medrashim point out, it says that he came into Moshe with a a talus that was all tcheles, and he says, does it need tzitzis or not? So he says, yes, it does. And so they were laughing. They said, how could it be that if we see if one has a garment that's not tcheles, all you need is one strand of uh, tcheles. Here, this is a beggar, which is kulay tcheles. Why, why in the world should it need a, a strand? Why should it need a strand of tcheles? It's all, it has all the tcheles in it anyway. Um, Another Medrash brings down that he says, a bias which is full of farim, does it need a mezuzah on it? So he said, yes, it does. And uh, they said, well, one mezuzah is one parsha, And we have a whole, a whole room which is filled with parshios that needs a mezuzah. Does it, you know, well, they started laughing. So from what I understood, my Rabbi Ray Soloveitchik wanted to bring down that what, one of the understanding, what was Korach challenging? In other words, they were, they, were, they were trying to give a certain understanding of mitzvahs, that mitzvahs are to give you a certain, a certain understanding, not necessarily in action, but in understanding. So if you have a, a, a beggar, which is all full of trailers, so that should be good enough. And let's understand the, the, uh, the, you know, the understanding of the mitzvah. Mitzvah is to, to give you a certain awareness of Hashem. So if I have all that with me, what do I need that for? The same thing with a, a bias full of svarim. What do I need it for? I have that reminder there. So they, they were challenging the mitzvahs in, in practice. But what we see over here is that they were challenging what we call Torah's Moshe. In other words, they were, they were belittling and, and putting down the Torah that Moshe was bringing down from Shemaim. They were saying that Moshe put these in on his own. That this is Moshe's, that this is not Torah Mina Shemaim. This is Moshe's addition. And that's why we find Moshe being extremely, uh, you know, firm over here. And that's why he, he called for that the earth should open up. Why is it that the earth should open up? 
because um, the idea is when we, whenever there are, is a, a court case that needs to be educated, so the Pasuk says, let the witnesses come and let them testify. Just like we say in Parshas Hazinu, Hazinu HaShemayim V'Oretz, right? When we say in Parshas Hazinu that the Eretz and the Shemayim, that they need to testify on the Jewish people on, on their keeping of the Torah or the non-compliance of the Torah. So to over here, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying that, that, that Hashem opened up all of Shemayim, that they saw that what, that the Torah came down from Shemayim. It's not Moshe's Torah. It's Hashem's Torah that Moshe brought down from Shemayim. And that Korach is challenging that. So in order to put that clear, to make, to make it understood that it's Torah from Shemayim, and that's not Moshe putting it in over there. So therefore, he has the earth to testify on, on the behalf of that. And that's why... Um, the famous Gemara in Baba Basra discusses how um, Rabbi Barbachana went through the desert, the Sinai Desert, and this Arab showed him where the Mesa Midbar were, where the, the dead of the Midbar are. And, uh, and they showed him that, and he showed him where Korach, uh, where the hole where Korach went in. And he told Rabbi Barbachana to put his ear to the, to, to the hole over there. And he hears that every 30 days they come up and they say, Moshe Emes for Torosu Emes. Their kapora was is that they understood now that the Torah of Moshe is true, and that they weren't just challenging Moshe's leadership; they were trying to undermine the the entire understanding that Torah is from, came from Shemayim and it was was not Moshe's individual Torah. And that's why um, it was very crucial. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky also has a very fascinating idea, which will come up in the next parshas as we come up shortly over here by the main Mariva when Moshe Rabbeinu hit the rock and Hashem said that Moshe Rabbeinu cannot come into Eretz Yisrael because of that, because of, of one slight um, diversion from what was, was said. Um, so he said, why was there such a, a severe reaction to such a, a small deviation? So he said, because again, it had to be understood unquestioningly that every single drop in the Torah is purely Hashem. Moshe is merely the conduit. It can never be thought for a moment that the Torah that we have has any human addition to it. It's purely Hashem's Torah. There could be no, there could be no question of that. And that's why the uh, Meshachachim in his introduction to, to Chumash Mos, as an introduction, then he talks about how Moshe Rabbeinu basically had to lose his, his, his humanity. He became a malach because there was no room for Moshe Rabbeinu to have any choice whatsoever. Moshe Rabbeinu had to, be a, had to completely be removed from all that because there could never ever be a question that the Torah that we have is 100% Torah Hashem and Moshe is the conduit to bring down the Torah. Moshe brought the Torah down from Shemayim, which... Uh, which he, that's, that's to Taurus Moshe, that he gave it to us. He brought it down from Shemayim and he gave it to us. But that it's Hashem's Torah. And that's why Rabbi Yaakov says that it had to be such a severe penalty because that the Jews should see when there's any slight, any slight difference, then there was, um, there was an immediate reaction from Shemayim to show that the, the Moshe Rabbeinu did nothing. There was never Moshe deviated, never deviated on any iota from anything that Hashem had, because it's all Torah Hashem. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu responded with such 
firmness over here in order to remove any question that the Torah that, that Moshe brought down was the Torah of Hashem and not uh, his Torah. And that's what Korach was challenging over here. It wasn't merely a question of leadership issue, a personal issue. It became an issue of, of what's the Torah. Was it Hashem's Torah or an additional Torah? So this is the idea that I wanted to uh, bring out with you as far as the uh, Parsha goes. And I, uh, I wanted to do a little piece over here. I mean, it's not a little piece. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty big piece uh, from the Peleoites, unless there are any questions as far as what I mentioned with, with Korach. Not then we will continue. Okay. So this piece over here uh, uh, deals a little bit with Tila, which we've been discussing, and uh, governing and things like that. And the, the title of it is called Bechia. Tears, tears, which are a, um, a uh, you know, an, an, an important part of tefillah as well. I think, um, I think I once heard quote in the name of Rav Hutna Zichron of Rocha, the Rashiva from, uh, uh, no, uh, in Brooklyn, I forgot the name. Uh, no, you, you know it, and I, I don't know, I'm getting old, I forgot already. But anyway, Chaim Berlin, right? Rashiva Chaim Berlin. So he mentions that uh, just like you can't have a machzer, excuse me, an Haggadah with wine stains all over it, so too a, a machzer has to be filled with tears. Because that's, that's part of davening. I think uh, Rabbi Wine once said over a story, he said that, uh, again, the, you know, when they, people have seats for Yom and Narayim and Shuls, so he once said that one of the, when he was the rabbi in the shul, he says, one of the balabatim came over to him. He says, I can't sit next to this person in Davin. I can't sit next to him. So Rabbi Wines was trying to, you know, he thought that he had personal, you know, issues with him. He said, uh, you know, it's not nice. You know, he's trying. He says, no, no, no. He says, this man cries too much. I, I can't Davin next to him. He just cries too much. So, um, we do see that uh, tears are definitely a, uh, a part and parcel of tefillah. So uh, he brings down on the piece here, he says, Ace Livkos. He says, there are times when it's important to, 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 to tear. Kagon, for example, the Yosem is Pal Hashem, when a person is davening to Hashem. The Shofech Sicha, it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a truly, uh, Sincere tefillah and his his neshama is is expressing itself. Dore slicha, it's asking for forgiveness. Bebiduyim v'techinos alachatoyim v'alavonos. Person uh, recognizes his shortcomings, and he appreciates. He has a sensitivity for what it, how it's damaging him, and he's pleading that Hashem should uh, forgive him for that. Because besides the personal issue, again, we mentioned this a number of times, that when a person sins, he's, it's in effect, it's a betrayal to Hashem. Hashem, you know, is giving me and I'm betraying him. So we're, we're asking forgiveness from Hashem that we betrayed him. So Yishpach Kemayim Libo, he's pouring out his heart. And his tears come. Right, and he, yeah, like it brings down a befrat be mechodesh elul ha'adirim, the precious month of elul, which is an entire month of 
you know, we're in Tammuz, it's, you know, not that far off. Anyway, it's Elul, and it's, you know, when a person is uh, trying to prepare oneself, and that's it's a time for, for judgment. We recognize that there's an accounting over here. We don't come in to speak to the king in a, uh, in a demanding tone. On the contrary, we have to be, uh, you know, it's like they bring down, you know, um, uh, two, two people are coming in to ask for a, for, you know, for a loan from a bank. You have a poor person and then you have a wealthy person. Even wealthy people need uh, loans from banks. But they come in with two different uh, ways of presenting themselves. The rich person comes in, he comes in demanding because the bank wants him. They can make money off of him. But the poor person, when he's asking for a loan, it's a whole different uh, presentation. So the same thing over here. When we're asking Hashem for things, on a, even on a daily basis, it, it, it's, it should be, it's a different type of a presentation. It's not like we're making demands over here. It's that we, you know, that there are certain things that are, like we say, you know, here with Magili, certain things which are coming to me, you know. Uh, that's, a, uh, that's a misnomer. Not, nothing is coming. So therefore, it's a different presentation. We have a very famous idea that if someone is truly sincere in his tefillah, then those gates are not locked. That, that there's always a, an opening for that. Like it's brought down in the Zohar, he quotes the Zohar over here, on the Pasuk, right, famous idea by Moshe Rabbeinu. He says that Basparo opened up the basket that Moshe was in. But Tirayu Asayelid, and they saw the child, and they saw this young man crying. So uh, again, the Mephorshim discuss why is it's first it's a yellow, then it changed to Naar, which is a whole discussion. But you see what the Zohar does with this beautiful insight over here. So the, the Zohar says, Do Yisrael. The word Nahar over here is referring to the Jewish people, Moshe Rabbeinu being the representation of who the Jewish people are. You see, because it says, Ki Nahar Yisrael. Uh, the Navi Hoshea describes the Jewish people as a Nahar. So when the Pusik over here in Shmos is describing motion, it's saying it's a Nahar Boche. Uh, it's describing the Jewish people and it's describing the Jewish people in tears. Umiyad de Poschen and the moment that uh, Moshe, or as we understand, the re- representation of Moshe being the Jewish people started crying, what does it say immediately afterwards in the Pasuk? Batachmololov. She had compassion on him. She had compassion on him. And that's, that is the impact of tefillah. So when we're coming to Hashem and we're coming to davening, with a certain type of a presentation, then this is the key to uh, bringing out that chema, that compassion on us. Because for Guri Ari, uh, the Peliyowitz uh, quotes here, the Talmidim of the Ari, a very interesting idea. He says, Shetfila, something which we, we see this all the time, Shetfila Shacharis, this is how they define it, listen to this, Shetfila Shacharis Yispalel Basimcha. When one comes to Shacharis, one should come to Shacharis Besimcha, and Tfilas Arvis is Bebechia. What's the, where do you see that idea? Very interesting idea. 
because we see that it says in the Pasuk, but in the evening, one goes to sleep in tears, and in the morning, one is rejoicing. So therefore, they see that as a, an indication of how one should present oneself in the different davenings. There are different uh, approaches. Shachar is besimcha, and Mayrev is bechi. But listen to what the Peleoites wants to bring down. It says, Avali says you should know, Kagonanan, when it comes to us, Yasme de Yasme, we're so far removed from all this. Halavayishin is palal called Tfilasenu Bebechi. Because again, a Bechi is, tears are a representation of our understanding of how undeserving we are for anything that we are asking for. That That's what's happening over here. It's that type, like I say, it's a poor person presenting himself. So uh, he's saying, since we're, we're so far removed from where we should be, he says, Halavai, he said, it would be a, it would be an amazing thing if all our tefillahs would be presented that way. But Hafalpi, here we go, which is this famous idea. Hafalpi, Shetzorach Lios Oved as Hashem B'Simcha. You know, there's no question that a person has to serve Hashem B'Simcha. Or Betuv Leivov. And a good of heart, Yosem Mirov Kol, knows the person has to always be besimcha and to show his appreciation for everything that Hashem has given him. We have this, we need this uh, mixture over here. He says, Mikol Makom, he says, Sarak Ravim The two emotions need to be synthesized. I and Bimar, this is what he brings down over here. He says, The I should be, Mar Bocha should be tearing. But the lave, the heart, should be besimcha. Simcha mehai gisa. On the one hand, we are elated. We are so overwhelmed with joy. On what? Allah shares zocha. That we're privileged. Lihiyos. That we should be omedu mishares lifnei melech kavod. That we have the privilege and the opportunity to stand before the creator, the melech kavod. Bosa nachas lifnei kisei kavod. And to give nachas before Hashem. There's no greater simcha than to be able to stand before the Creator. That's on the one hand. However, on the other hand, there needs to be this uh, bitterness in us, this feeling of lacking. We don't know. We're so confused and, and so confounded on how to serve Hashem properly. So we have this dichotomy within us, but that's, you know, that's the way we need to cultivate it. To have Question. To come to it in both ways. Well, Befrat, he says specifically, specifically when we're putting our heart with tefillah, when he says, he says, when a person pleads with Hashem to give him understanding, right? I mean, I've heard of, you know, famous Rosh Yeshivas that when they would say this, they would, they, they would tear and tear and tear for that, that they, you know, to understand things. So, um, right? Erko, a person should think to himself how small he is, right? How, how, how small we are. 
Ubarman, we say, Hashivenu, I mean, all the tefillahs he's going through, you know, the middle part of the Shmon Esrei over here, when we ask for our requests. Gam ken yisker ki hu rochok me Hashem, how far we are from Hashem. And by slachlonu avinu ki chatonu yisker, v'tasuach alav navsha, we should pour out his soul, ala shechot, that he, that he sinned to the king. Oyem v'nor v'chein al z'aderech. This is throughout all the, throughout all of the middle bakoshes of the Shmon Esrei. Kitan alibo bakolabra with all these brachas with divrat filos. Yim tamokam lis mamer bebechi. There's certainly room for a feeling of uh, tears. Vishpach nafshel bebechia, ubetachanunim, yedaberosh. That's the way a, a poor person comes. Doeg on the one hand, he's concerned. And on the other hand, though, again, ubotayach al rachme shemayim rubim, that Hashem has this enormous compassion for us. So we have this, again, this duality over here, which is what we bring down on Rosh Hashanah also, this, this mindset. But again, this is something that we're supposed to carry with us through our entire year, this idea that we have both with us. Number one, our concern of our failings, but we, we, we have such a reliance on Hashem that um, and I think, uh, who was it? Rabbi Pincus mentioned he used as a problem. He used to quote uh, the, the pasuk in Tehillim. He says, "No, no matter where you are, Hashem, I'm just running to you." In other words, um, no, ma- no matter how far we go away, we're just always trying to come closer to Hashem, because that's where we go. Uh, that's where we go. Are there any uh, comments or or is uh, I had a question. So, if if one is stressed the whole day long. The and he's Bechi basically the whole day long. It's very hard to add no, on no, during no, Shmona Esrei. Right. Not that he's talking about during Davening. You have a hard day. You have he's a hard day. Right. Yeah, but you come into Davening already stressed and um, protrude and you know issue. Yeah, you're already sort of um, at the level where you're already in the middle of Shmona Esrei on the aspect of uh, being upset and begging Hashem for help. Fighting traffic, fighting uh, children, homework, shalom bias, business, government, everything. So in, in essence, you're already on that level. It's very hard to um, to raise it up in a, again to another level, no? Uh, well, again... Uh... Does it take effort to be able to uh, to reach these levels? It sure does. It certainly takes a certain sense. I mean, he's going to continue with this. Um, it definitely takes a certain sensitivity. You're quite correct. You know, um, you're right. A person, a person in his day is going through a war zone. And it's 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 not easy to uh, you know to come out from a war zone and then to be able to speak to the Creator. <laughs> Um, but again, if we appreciate what we can come away with, with the tefillah, so then, you know, little by little, you have to try to, uh, to take it, you know, to take what you can come away. Tefillah can open up so many keys for me. It can, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, we mentioned before, Rashi brings down in the Chumash, that Hashem wants to give it. He wants you to, to, for you, the key the tefillah is a key, is a, bu- a certain button to press, and then that opens up 
opens up Shemayim for me. So if I, if, I'm, if I understand what I can come away with with the tefillin, how crucial it'll be to me, so then it, it'll help me focus better and to try to uh, to take more advantage of the tefillah than uh, I usually do. But there's no question, that, as I said many times, the Yetzirah knows what one can come away with with tefillah. And that's why, you know, I, I quoted you, the, you know, the cute story that Rav Shalom Shodron said, that he saw himself that he was running, uh, he was walking through the shuk, and then somebody punched him in the chest. Then he realized that he was saying, You know, the Yetzirah tries to take away tefillah from us at, at every moment that it can be, because it realized that this is the connection that I have with Hashem. And uh, since I'm connecting with Hashem, the HR wants to disconnect. So he uses every way he can to cause that disconnect. And um, you're right. You're right. Um, but as I said, if we, uh, little by little, we should try to, you know, at least try to get in the first line or the second line in on Shimon Esrei to, uh, you know, to try and get a, a, to that to be on a, on a higher level. And then little by little, you know, it takes time, no question about it. It's an enormous fight to make Tefillah, uh, to come away with what Tefillah could be. Because again, as I said, this is where the Yetzirah knows that what can be come away with is so crucial. And we see throughout all of Jewish life that whenever moments of opportunity came, the fight was, was fierce to take it away. And, and as I said, you see this all the time with Tefillah. The fighting is fierce because uh, the Yetzirah knows exactly what can come away with the Tefillah. I mean, next time I'll quote you the Gemara. So it's very fascinating. Gemara. You're right now? While you're driving? Sure. I'm sorry. Does that, someone have a question? Rabbi, Rabbi, I want you to know that, that <laughs> you, you've been very uh, helpful in my Tefillah because every time that I get a distraction, Whatever point I am at uh, in Shmon Esrei, I tell myself, uh, it's a hard, I'm not going to let you win this time, Ryan. at least from oh, here. Good. So Excellent. That very much. Good. Morning. Morning. Excellent. That's phenomenal. That's exact. That's, that's what you got to do, little by little. Correct. I don't remember where I heard this over from, but just as the Yitzhahara looks to try to d- distract us at pivotal times, uh, rather than try to, uh, you know, attack back um, a subtle way is, is to use his subtle ways is to say, I hear you. You bring up a good point, but let's talk about it later. And, and, and somehow that, you know, that distraction gets you focused, you know, that pushing away that distraction. So, I mean, you have to be on a certain level, but it, it works for me um, right. as opposed right. to just trying to in, you know, invest too much time, trying to fight it, just accept it. You're there. And say we'll talk later. I'm busy now. Right, right, good, very good, Brian. Right, yeah. You have to the HR. You have to know how to deal with him. Correct to take on a head-on attack. He's a little bit more uh, uh, advanced than you are. Correct. You have to know. Yeah. But you know, you have somebody again. That's what the Gemara brings down. It's Hashem Ozro. It's always you know. You, you just get, you can raise your hands up. You know. You come to a certain point, it's like the famous story with um, by, by Avram Avinu when he was being brought to the Akeda. So it says he came to a river and then uh, the river split and I kept going. So the, so the Medrash, it didn't come to a physical river. 
He said, what was happening is the Eight Sahara, the Satan, was drowning him with questions. So, to, so Abramina says, I don't know. I just give up my hands. You know, that's it. I, I can't answer you. Hashem. And then Hashem just split it. That's it. Sometimes we just reach a point where we, we know we came up. I, I can't, you know, Hashem, you're there to help me. And then that's when then Hashem steps in. I went as far as I could go. And I need you, Hashem. Right? There's a, one more idea. Then I have to stop. I apologize. It's a very famous uh, statement. It's a little bit different, uh, but it, it's such a beautiful story. I just want to share it with you. Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky was, um, was in Siberia. And um, they took him there. And he was saved. I'll tell you the story next time about that. But anyway, he came to Siberia. And they had a coat. And um, he's, he, you know, he had nothing to wear. It was freezing. They had nothing to wear. He says, listen, it says, it says in the Gemara, that, it, that Hashem's in charge of everything except for Tzinim and Pachin. When it comes to cold or heat, that's up to you because you're, you're able to, you know, if it's cold, put on a coat. If it's warm, so, you know, figure it out what to do. That Hashem's not in charge of. He says, Hashem, they took me here to Siberia. I can't take care of this anymore. This, now this is in your hands also, Hashem. And he said that he never felt cold one day in his whole life in Siberia. Never. Even with what he was wearing, you know, practically nothing. But he said, here, Hashem, you have to take over. I, you know, everything else is in your hands but this, but here I can't do it anymore. You have to take over, Hashem. And he said he never felt cold a day in his experience in, in Siberia. But these are people that, you know, were, were on that level. Yeah. Okay. I, I heard a, just a great line about the weather you mentioned. Think, Let a warm heart control the, your temperature, not a hot head. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, Hashem. Okay, everyone, have a wonderful Shabbos. And as I said, I apologize, Sunday, I have an eye doctor appointment. That's what happens. Uh, but Mitzvah Hashem on Monday. And as I said, Bezrat Hashem at 4 o'clock works. So we'll, we'll try and work that out for the summer. Mitzvah Hashem. Okay, have a, have a wonderful Shabbos. Good Shabbos, Rabbi. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>